episode 127 of Offscript with Chris Close, intimate interviews with interesting people. And joining me today via Skype, I have Gabriel Ornelas. Did I say that right? You said that correctly, yes. You are the podcast host of It's on the Pass. It's on the Pass refers to, correct me if I'm wrong, that part in a restaurant where the food comes out, the window, right? Correct, yeah. It's called The Pass. And yes. so our, our podcast is called On the Pass. Uh, our Instagram is, as you said, it's on the pass. Uh, but uh, but yes, the pass is where the food's ready to be served. Mm -hmm. The chef mm -hmm. uh, gives it the last look over, and then it's uh, ready to be taken out and enjoyed. Hopefully. A magical spot in a restaurant, some would say. It is. That, that it is. We're going to talk about the podcast and how it all came about and who you interview and all of the things that are wrapped up with on the pass. First of all, though, Gabriel, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from uh, Southern California uh, originally, although spent uh, the majority of sort of my upbringing in New York as well. Both my parents are from New York, um, and uh, so I kind of bounced back and forth between SoCal and uh, in New York. And so when I would grow up in Southern California, people were like, "Oh, you're 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 a New York? You're, you, are you from New York?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm from here, but I spend so much time in New York, so I kind of have the best of both worlds." And then do the New Yorkers are like, "Oh, you're just this California kid. Get out of here." Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you really growing up, bouncing back and forth, growing up with two completely in in completely different worlds. Yeah, yeah, de yeah, definitely. And and my um, I I come from a Italian and and Mexican uh, background. Um, and so, although like very different, but very similar, such so much focus on the focal point being the family and and entertaining around the family and and f festivities. Mm -hmm. And so both sides really kind of gelled together re really nicely. But, um, yeah, I, I feel more of like an East Coaster than a, than a West Coaster. I wasn't I wasn't a I wasn't a surfer. I wasn't like a Southern California bro. Um, I was more sort of like a city kid that loved, you know, travel and and food and and just yeah, spending time with family. I'm surprised they let you in to so Southern California. Yeah, California. right. Yeah, I'm surprised they still let me let me stay here. I'm in Venice Beach right now, so. <laughs> who's Mexican? Who's Italian? So, so my dad's my dad's actually uh, half Mexican, Spanish, and Italian, and my mom's full my mom's full Italian. That's a lot of heat, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of spiciness. There's a lot of a lot of attitudes. There's a uh, a lot of fun. There's a lot of dancing in the kitchen. So, uh, yeah, growing up was fun. So I'm assuming you grew up with food. You kind of already hit on it, but you grew up with food and family. I did. I did. Yeah. i I mean, my mom. Uh, I just always grew up in the kitchen with with my mom. My mom's not a trained cook or a trained chef. She just that's what she knows. That's what she grew up. She grew up doing. And uh, my dad, uh, my dad worked long hours. And so my early sort of formative years were spent in the kitchen with my mom, learning to make, you know, to do pastries and and to do, you know, breakfast. That That's kind of how I started. And then it, and then it evolved and sort of developed from there. And I always had a deep curiosity and a deep passion for for food, where our food comes from, why my mom cooked the way she did, because she, obviously because she learned from her parents and her grandparents. But um, that kind of set me on like my journey of 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 just wanting to discover more about about food. Fantastic. I would say my journey started way later in wanting to know where my food comes from and being really interested in food. I think it was, I always had good food around me, so I was a little spoiled in that regard. But I think later in life, when I started getting really involved in cooking, then I just couldn't get enough. I wanted to know like, what is that? Where does that come from? What do you make that with? So it came for me a little bit, but later, but how fun that you got to spend so much time in the kitchen with your mama. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, I really cherish that. And, and when my mom get and I get in the kitchen nowadays, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Although I've, um, you know, I have my opinions now, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I've discovered new things myself in the kitchen outside of her cooking. And so sometimes, uh, she'll either micromanage me or I'll micromanage her like a bit. So it's, it's kind of funny. So my mom would micromanage me when I was little and now it's the other way around. I boss yeah, her yeah, around in the kitchen. There's a bit of that. There's a little bit of that. Although she would disagree with that. Um, <laughs> so where was high school then for you? Was that in Southern California or New York? 
Yeah, no, it was in, in Southern California. It was in Huntington Beach, actually, which is uh, Surf City, apparently, uh, USA. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that's where I went to high school. I ran cross country, track and field, played soccer. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was a nice you know, high school experience. Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm-hmm. Love living by the beach. Um, I, I, I don't think I can live anywhere other than near the water now. Totally. I have to know where it is. It's on the left. I have to, like, it's, yeah. it's over there. I, I just have to know where it is. Yeah, it was, it, and, you know, it, growing up in Southern California, um, for the most part, like, we have such great weather here. So, you know, my cousins and and uh, and family in New York, you know, they're shoveling snow and they're playing football or playing lacrosse, you know, and like their fingers are killing them They're And I'm like, you know, in December, it's 70 degrees and it's beautiful. And I'm, you know, going for a 10 mile run. It was, uh, you know, we're we're, spo- we're spoiled. Yeah. We're so spoiled there. Big time so. in shorts yelling Merry Christmas in December. Exactly. December. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, what were you like in high school? What was I like in high school? Can you remember? <laughs> God, it was so long ago. Uh, I I was an athlete. I I sort of prided myself on on like you know I put so much time and effort and passion into when you run when you do something like cross country and track and field, you, you know you're running ten miles a day. You're most of your time during the day is I worked out in the morning. Um, I went to school and then we had weight training in the afternoon. So, so much time and effort was Mm -hmm. put into Mm -hmm. sports. Uh, I was not a amazing academic. I'll, I'll I'll have to say I was more interested in, 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 you know, running and, and sports. And then I worked at Starbucks, uh, you know, at the time I was, uh, I was a barista and, uh, quickly rose, rose the ranks and, uh, and, uh, you know, I had a black apron as well. I was like a master, master barista and learned a, a ton about coffee and, uh, and how, you know, how Starbucks, uh, you know, created the third place. And, and it was, uh, it was a really interesting experience. I got to meet amazing people and, and my whole passion in life. One of my passions is connectivity and, and community and, and building, building community. And so I got to do that in my own little way, making people drinks, you know, every morning. It was a lot of fun. I love it. I miss the old Starbucks logo. Yeah. Yeah. Mermaid, right? Mermaid. Yeah. I think she's topless actually. (laughs) Like what, what happened to that? They got rid of that one. It's a mermaid. Yeah. They got to bring it back. Totally got to bring it back. And look at you. Look out with the black apron. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, although I, you know, I, I hate to say this because I, I still like I love the business of of Starbucks, but um, you know, their the way they roast their beans, uh, you know, they almost over roast. Um, I, I can't drink their I can't drink their coffee anymore. Really. really? Although, although their nitro, their nitro cold brew is quite good. It's amazing. Nitro, yeah. any nitro cold brew, in my opinion, that's what yeah. I'm ordering um, always. Yeah. What did you want to be growing up then? Oh, you know, funny story is when I was a kid, uh, really young, when I was like three or four, um, I wanted to be a crossing guard and, uh, I didn't, didn't realize, didn't realize that was a volunteer position. <laughs> so, so that was, uh, you know, I, I had high hopes as, uh, as, as, oh, as man. a young kid. That's great. You know, I, I wanted to help people, you know, I just want, listen, you know, my, my heart was in the right place. I just want to help them get from here to there safely. I want to help them get from here to there. And, and in a lot of ways, um, that's what I do with my business now, you know, is really like, uh, I, you know, I, I work with a lot of different creative talent, uh, and I help them get from here to there, you know, uh, in, in like in a way and hopefully grow their business and, 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 and build, build their platform. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I wish I was that kid that even in college, I remember being envious of the kids who were like, I'm going to be a doctor or, or I'm, I'm at the engineering school and this is what I'm going to do. I, I was sort sort of always a Jack of all trades, uh, mm. in, you know, in, in a way. And, uh, there's the, there's the nitro cold brew right there. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I was kind of a Jack of all trades and, uh, just really love people. I just, I, I want to, I've always wanted to be in the people business. And so I was like, you know what, if I'm in the people business, then I'm doing something right. And so, 
you know, Starbucks was an interesting experience for me, you know, in, in early days in, in high school. And I, and I really sort of, I got a, I got a lot from that. I got a lot from continuously building community. And I found out that I was quite good at it is, you know, is, as well and, and connecting with all different types of, of people. But, uh, there wasn't one thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to do so many things. Uh, and in a way, with what I've done, you know, over the past 12 years, like I've kind of, I've, I've done a lot of things, which, which, which is, which is really fun. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it but, does. Uh, Absolutely. I was just having a discussion with my husband the other day. We were just sort of playing around with that. Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up or what do you want to do when you grow up kind of thing? And I just said, I want to do all the things. I want to do all yeah. of the things. And because I'm not necessarily a jack of all trades, but there's so much that I love doing. Um, I was doing a story at our local animal shelter the other day and I was just, I'm like, I could work here. I could do that. How fun would that be? What is it about people though? Because I, I would call myself a people person, but there's a lot of days where I'm just like, I want to be in front of my dogs. I don't want to see any people or talk to people. What is it about people specifically that you enjoy so much? Much. I, I get energy from, from people. I, I, I get energy from learning about people and discovering what makes them tick. And, and, uh, I'm just really curious about, uh, how people live their lives. And, and I think you know, I, I learned something from everyone. I learned something from absolutely everyone. And so, you know, in, in my business, like whether you're the janitor or the CEO, I want to talk to you. Like I got, because I, there's, there's, there's value in, in everything. And there's a, a mentor of mine who runs, uh, a, uh, a large fashion factor in, uh, in, in New York city. And, and I remember he, he's a CEO of the comp chairman, CEO of the company. He's also a professor at NYU and he regularly takes meetings with young kids who reach out to him because he goes, you know, he goes, I learned something from them. He goes, I learned something from them, from them all the time. And so I, I just, I, I love, I love people. I mean, people drive me crazy as well sometimes, but like, I, I really love being in the people business, uh, because there's just nothing greater than community and connection. I mean, I say this all the time, but you know, you think about, you think about the blue zones, you know, um, you know, I think it's Dan, Dan Buettner's, uh, book about people who live to, you know, to over a hundred. And, you know, the key thing is, is like community. These people have a sense of community. They have a tribe like, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously living off the land in a way. They're eating quite healthy. There's certain things, but it's all about community. And so for me, I'm just always trying to cultivate a a great group of people uh, and a diverse group of people. I, I want I want younger friends. I want older friends. I want people from all different types of, of backgrounds because that's how I learn, and 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 hopefully they learn something from me as well. Yeah, for sure. Those blue zones, uh, community and and beans and greens too. It's very key. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat eat mostly plants. Uh, <laughs> you know, some animal products. Uh, but yeah, there's you know there's it's like in Japan and other places. There's you know 82 year olds that are spear fishing and like you know, like living life. I'm sure they have aches and pains, but right. you know that's what they got. That's what they got to do. Yeah, for sure. I I find that way too. I especially if I meet someone, I'm asking them all sorts of ridiculous questions. I think that's probably just part of my job as a journalist. I'm naturally curious, I'm obnoxiously curious, but especially for someone, an older person, I'm so curious about what was it like as a child growing up wherever and what their parents did and, and what that meant, you know, growing up in this house with four siblings or whatever. But yeah, I feel you there. I'm super curious about people and obviously why I've started this podcast. Cause I just, I like to learn from other people. Yeah. And, and what, what a blessing like podcasting has been, uh, especially, especially during the pandemic, uh, and everything when, when we were all sort of, you know, sent to our room, you know, in, in, <laughs> in, in, in a way on, on, on timeout. Uh, but what a way to stay connected with people and what a way to continue to cultivate relationships and community and, and, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been such a blessing. Like, I'm so glad, like my, my podcast was not a product of the pandemic. It's, it was, it was something that I started working on far before then, but like I had, I didn't launch until shortly after the pandemic because I was like sitting on a bank of content. I had probably six or seven episodes and then March hit and I'm like, Ooh, 
is this the right time to release this content? Because we had we had content that was sort of, you know, it's it's sort of evergreen content in a way, but wasn't talking about the pandemic. The world was in a really weird place. And I had, you know, I had Daniel Balud talking about like mentorship and his 40 years, you know, in the business, which, by the way, is fascinating and is interesting, but not really like time timely sure. at all. So, I, you know, I waited a month. I waited a month and kind of sat on that content. But um, I'm so glad that that I did this, as I'm sure you're so glad because you get to connect with interesting people and have great conversations and people all over uh, the place too. people all over the world and hopefully build meaningful, you know, meaningful mm -hmm. friendships mm -hmm. and connections and business relationships. It's interesting you say that because when the pandemic hit last year, the, my podcast, at least I just took a little break because I think I was right there with you. Like, ah, I'm not sure if this is appropriate. There's people dying. It just felt really odd. And then I started reaching out to, um, counselors and psychiatrists and people who could help us sort of break down the mental feelings that we were having and then people who were in the financial world going what's happening so I started reaching out to different people who I thought could help listeners during a pandemic and then after that I got to a place where I, for me I was like you know what I want to lighten it up I want to talk to different yeah. people I want to put something else out there that doesn't have anything to do with the pandemic because we all just need a break yeah, we we all need a break. We're we're inundated with everything that's that's going on. Yeah, it was it was a bit heavy. It was heavy there heavy, for a minute. Yes. I, I I had a few. I had a, I did the same thing you did. You know, after those sort of fun and and jolly uh, episodes with some of the best chefs in the world and hoteliers and and, and uh, people like that. I, you know, I quickly went to get someone very senior. Uh, a chief business officer at Bank of America to talk about the PPP and uh -huh. what was happening there and and talk to the um you know Greg and Max uh you know who were spearheading the New York you know hospitality coalition but it was like I remember getting off of some of those episodes going this is oh, it kind of got dark there for for mm -hmm. for a little bit and 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 I'm such like a joyous and 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 positive person I I I I'm a realist and understand what's taking place in the world but I also want to be an, I'm an optimist and, and, and I want to provide, you know, an, an energy and enthusiasm and, and like a light for people as well when, you know, they've got CNN and, and this and this and that telling us everything that's wrong with the world 100%. at the moment. Yeah. Heavy is such a great word. And I think, I think podcast, as you just hit on, offered up such a break from all of that because we needed to get out from timeout and just have a little bit fun for a second. Let's talk about the podcast then. How did this evolve? Yeah, so it's something that I've been talking about for quite some time now, but I, I think, you know, in life, things happen when you're when you're when you're ready. And uh, I wasn't ready two years ago to, you know, to do this. Uh, but but I just started thinking about it. I just said, you know, we should really, we should really be focusing on this. And, and so one, one of, just to take a step back, one of my companies, um, is called the art of plating. Um, uh, the founder of, of the business who's, who's my partner in it, um, Maria Wynn, um, started out as, as an Instagram page that, you know, the whole inspiration behind this is to inspire creativity in the kitchen. Uh, and you know, that, that page has grown and, and, uh, and our social media has grown to over a million followers globally. And it really has this global network. And then, you know, I came in and really sort of looked at, okay, how do we turn this into a business? Um, how, how do we really sort of develop a business out of this? And so over the last several years, we have a creative agency, um, called fair. Our web, our website is, um, made by fair and we do a lot of production work. Um, we, we worked with a lot of tourism boards. We work with brands. Um, Perrier Jouet, the champagne is, uh, is, is a, is a client of ours. And, you know, we help tell stories, you know, through the lens of, culinary travel, hospitality, you know, um, you know, food and beverage. And so, um, we've got the art of plating, we've got fair and, uh, we started a, an award for the hospitality industry, um, called the rising talent, uh, list. And, and this was celebrating next generation, 
uh, individuals in food beverage hospitality. So it could be a chef, it could be a sommelier, it could be a restaurateur, it could be an amazing pastry chef. And so we launched that in 2019. We had Valrona Chocolate and Revel uh, as our as our as our um, sponsors on that, and we're relaunching it this year. But I just thought I was like, you know, we do all this content. We're very visual, but there's so many conversations that Maria, myself, and the team have had with these amazing individuals that don't make it to the Instagram page or right. don't make it to right. the Facebook page. And I'm like, why are we not capturing that? There's 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 deeper storytelling here. Um, than just the amazing three minute video of Daniel Hume, you know, and, and why he, you know, why, why he did what he did with 11 Madison park, great videos, but like, let's go deeper. And so the podcast was a forum for us to have a longer form conversation with some of the greats in, you know, in food, beverage and hospitality. Um, and so, you know, since, since we launched, uh, you know, we've had Chef Daniel Balud. We've had Chef Dominique, Dominique Crenn um, on. We've had uh, Brian DeLoe, who's the co-founder uh, and president of uh, Proper Hospitality Group. We've had Raja Parr, three-time James Beard award winner and, and, and winemaker. And sort of like, you know, kind of on and on and on. Some really, really great people. And, and it's, uh, as you know, podcasting is hard. It's, it's, it's a, and by hard, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a tremendous amount of work. So it's really like a labor of love, um, for us, but we, um, yeah, we kind of quickly like got to a top 100 on the food charts in, in the U S and Canada. And it's been, uh, it's been so much fun. Like I, I, I love it. I I'm, I'm having so much fun with it. I can tell, I can absolutely tell. And I think too, especially when you do long form interviews, in my opinion, that's the future of journalism because there's no, there's no real editing content out of it where if you look at a newscast you're pulling out eight seconds and 12 seconds of a 10-minute conversation and here i'm saying here's a 45-minute conversation in front of you and i haven't touched it here you go take a listen and you can't you can't mess with that you can't go back and say well what did you mean by this well that's what he meant because that's what he said correct correct yeah no it's uh i toyed a lot with uh what is the format? And, and I have a lot of friends who are, I've been sort of advising on their podcasts and, and I am seeing a lot more people do wanting to do more snackable type, um, t t no pun intended, uh, but snackable type of, uh, content where it's 15, 10 to 15, 15 minutes bite size. I mean, listen, we're all, we're all inundated by news sure. content, everything, you know, every single day. And so it is to get someone to, to, to stay for 30 to 40 to 50 minutes, um, it, it, you know, it's, yeah, it, it, you know, not everybody wants to do that with, with everything we have, we have going on, but I like the 40 to 45 minute format because I, otherwise it's just what me asking, doing? it's me asking quick questions and then them telling their answer and then the episode's over. So, uh, for me, and, and, you know, there's, and there's real connectivity that takes place when we get to have that longer form conversation. And so what I always tell people is like, skip through like there, and I know people who listen to it on 1.5 or even <laughs> listen on, which, which, which kills me though. I, how do, how do people listen to it when our voices are like so fast? Thank you. It's, it's crazy, but some people consume content that way. Right. And it's, it's brilliant, but yeah, you have those commuters who are listening to it. I have a friend who listens to me on not 1.5. What's the next one up? Two? Two. Yeah. 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 How can you even understand me? I you sound like a, ro you sound like a, like a really fast talking robot. But Hey, I mean, I'm just grateful for the listen, so I'll take it. But yeah, I think there's something about when you really get into, when you settle into a conversation with any human. It takes a few minutes, right, for kind of every, for the guard to come down a little bit. Absolutely. And you're kind of getting like you're showing your belly a little bit. And it's like, OK, yeah, I like this person. And now I'm going to ask you some other little intimate questions and see how that goes. And so I think it takes a little bit of time to get to the good stuff. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And, and especially in the world that we're in right now, where we're all sort of virtually meeting each other. It, it is different. I'm, I'm, and you know this, like it's so much different when we're sitting across from each other and we can share a glass of wine or we could, sh we could share something. It, the energy is different. And so trying to, to recreate and develop that rapport and that energy over technology, it's being done, 
but it's tough and it it takes time sometimes to for us to to vibe with each other and and, and connect. So uh, yeah, I, I miss um, the first the first uh, five six episodes I did. I was in the Cayman Islands and uh, it was great. And then it went to all virtual, and uh, it was it was a learning. It was definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, start in Cayman in the in the Caribbean, and then uh, go to my computer at my home. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, who have been some of your favorite people to talk to? Those favorite conversations. Oh man, I, I've I've really learned so much from 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 every from every guest that we've uh, that we've had, but uh, I uh, I loved I had my friend Christine Mosley um, who has a, a company called Full Harvest. Uh, they are trying to solve and focusing on solving food waste at the farm level, and so we were really sort of addressing. We talked about her company a little bit, but then the broader conversation was around. Uh, around food waste and how, you know, it's the number one contributor to climate change more than cars and cows. And so that, you know, digging into that conversation was, was really interesting for me. Um, you know, we had Amar Lovani, um, who's a friend, he's a, he's CEO of, uh, Standard Hotel Group and, uh, and Bunkhouse Group. Uh, and he's just a fascinating guy. He's just a really fascinating guy, amazing hotelier, amazing business person, Harvard Business School, um, and, uh, he has some amazing stories. He has some really, really great stories, uh, from his early career working for people like Barry, Barry Sternlich, um, uh, from Star, Starwood, um, Starwood Capital Group and, um, you know, their acquisition of numerous different companies. And, uh, that, that was, that was a lot, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, there's this, I, I, I love all of them. There, there's, there's, there's some really great, great things. My, my, my hope with my podcast, uh, is that, listen, not every episode is going to be for everyone. Not every, mm -hmm. not every person you're going to be wildly enthusiastic or, or excited about, but I just want people to get takeaways. Like if there's something interesting, this entrepreneur said, or this CEO said, or this amazing chef said about, it doesn't have to be about their profession. It could just be about life. It could be about whatever. I, I just want people to get a takeaway from it. Um, and so that's that that's my hope is that people leave an episode and go, that was that, you know, I learned that or that that's an interesting mm -hmm. saying or that's an interesting quote or, wow, I didn't think about I didn't think about this that way. Or I'm trying to start a business and they're doing that in, in a completely different field than myself. But I can kind of relate to that. Right. Yeah. Um, I interviewed Lin Lynette Moreto, as did you. Yes, yeah, I love Lynette. She's great. She's so her energy is amazing. But one, uh, the takeaway from that interview for me, asking her really what contributed maybe to her success, if there was one thing, if she could look back on it, and she said snagging those opportunities, not sleeping in, because as a bartender, mixologist, you're maybe sleeping in until two o'clock in the afternoon. And she said, I got up at eight o'clock in the morning. I checked my email and I responded to my email. And she said, I think that was one thing that pushed me on a path to success. And I just thought, what an easy thing to do, checking your email, being engaged, getting up a little bit earlier than your colleagues. I mean, it just brilliant advice in 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I think oftentimes like the the sim the simple things in life are, are what actually like, you know, are, are some of the tipping points, you know, it's. It, what do they say? You know, like showing up is like half the, uh, you know, you, you got to show up, exactly. you know, you got to have exactly. energy, enthusiasm, you, you know, you got to put, uh, you know, put, put best efforts in, into everything. And if, if you do that, uh, you're, you're at least on a good path. Mm, for sure. Are, are you a cook? Do you cook in the kitchen? I do. I do. Yes. Yes. I'm not, uh, I'm not brilliant, but, uh, I have, I have, I have friends that are a lot better than myself, but, uh, but uh, I, I love it. It's it's sort of my uh, my place of zen, uh, so to speak. It's the one time I always say this. It's the one time that I don't look at my phone. I don't. Right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not checking my phone. I'm not checking anything. I, I'm really just there with the ingredients and uh, you know connecting. Just connecting with you know. It's we don't connect with our food anymore. Mm -mm. So mm -mm. so I, I think it's. Uh, I try to really like. I cherish that time to just. 
be creative. And it's a creative outlet for me uh, as well. I love trying new things. I love trying new spices. I, Lynette and I were in Israel together um, uh, in 2019, and we went on an amazing, amazing journey uh, for about uh, 10 or 12 days. And I brought back a bunch of spices. And I don't, it doesn't always work, but I, but I'm, 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 try, I'm trying things out. And oftentimes pre pandemic, I was trying them out on my friends. You know, I'm like, like, wait, what do you think about that? They're like, a little heavy, a little heavy on, little heavy on the, on that. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll scale it back next time. But, uh, but yeah, I love, I love, you know, just being creative in the kitchen. Yeah, it's, it's the best. Are you a recipe guy or are you like cook from the hip? Just from the hip. Yeah. 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 As yeah. a case in point, as I, as I kind of just, uh, <laughs> just, uh, you know, I, I, I have, uh, I have some amazing recipes from my mom and, and my grandmother, uh, that I will occasionally do mostly during like the holidays. Yeah. But for yeah. me, when I cook for myself, um, I'm mostly, uh, I've got a bunch of veggies. I'm, I'm, I'm doing them on the barbecue. I'm, I'm doing all different types of stuff with them. I'm, I use simple, clean ingredients, uh, and just have fun with it. Yeah. In the last few months I have, um, I've always been a food person. I'm, I'm, I love a good cocktail. I'm heavy. Southern Oregon is a heavy wine scene here. So just all of the Epicurean things I absolutely love. I have found though, I think maybe it is the pandemic. I don't know. It, there just seems to be a massive interest in all of those things right now. Yeah. Are you I feeling think, that too? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I live that like, like every, True. every single, every, every single day. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's great. I think the, the, how businesses have transitioned into at home co cocktail making, um, how they've transitioned into, you know, almost pre-ready meals that you just have to do a couple things. And, and, uh, you know, people have been longing for Lynette and I talked about this, like, like a little bit, uh, is Pete, I, myself, I, I mean, I listen, I can only speak for myself, but I think based on the people I've spoken to, people are sort of missing those experiences mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. out in the world at restaurants at hotels at, at at bars and uh trying to recreate them at home and and it's funny lynette was sort of talking about well does that now that we're edu we're, we're we have a hopefully a more educated uh audience who is learning about cocktail making is learning how to cook better at home is that going to cannibalize the business for a restaurant? I said, no, there's a deep, I believe there's a deeper appreciation now for what Lynette is doing as an, as one of the best mixologists in the world. Cause people now have done it at home and go, wow. Like, I don't know if I can curse. I was going to say, I was going to say, I was going to say, holy shit. Like that, like that's like, hard. That's amazing. That's hard. That's hard what she's doing. And it's amazing what she's doing. And also in addition to these chefs who, who put their lives and their passion uh, into into creating these these incredible incredible culinary experiences? When you do it yourself at home, you go, man, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to take this for granted again. Like like hopefully, and so that's my that's my hope for people. And I don't think because people are cooking more at home, people aren't going to want to experience the great the great things that are to that, that chefs and mixologists and, 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 and hotels have to offer. I agree 1000%. My husband is quite the home mixologist. He's just gotten really, really good at it. And no offense to you, honey, if you're listening to this later, but when we go to our favorite bar and have the drink that he makes at home, the one at the bar is just a little bit better. Just yeah, a little there's bit. Something about, there's something about it. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm able to recreate some really great stuff at home, but mm -hmm. I think, I mm -hmm. think, you know, uh, we think we forget about how an ex it, when you think about an experience, it's not just about when we're talking about cocktails right now, the glass to lips and, and what in the liquid inside, but it's the chandelier and it's the wallpaper and it's the smell and it's the people conversing. And, and th those mm -hmm. are the things that we've been missing in, in the pandemic. And that is what makes a memorable experience. Yes, the 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 cocktail needs to be great or the food needs to be great. But those memorable moments that we take with us where I've had meals where, you know, a couple of years later, I'm like, wow, I still I still remember that, you know, that 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 one meal. And, you know, we, we've all you know, if, if we've all eaten a lot of meals in our life, 
you know, so, you know, so far and we have many more to come, but, uh, I remember certain, certain few and, and I'm like, yeah, it was, it was because everything was just hitting on the right, the right notes. And, uh, and that's something that, that's something that I miss. And, uh, I look forward to getting back out there, you know, when, uh, when we're, when the world's in a, in a better place. And let's be real. I mean, it just tastes better if you didn't make it most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's funny when I, 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 I host a lot of dinners at my, at my place and I, and I, I cook sometimes or I've had chefs that come over and, and cook. But when I'm cooking, I'm like, I'm, I'm, my, I'm my Italian mother. I'm, I'm making sure everyone's, no one has an empty drink. Like, so I, I end up not eating like, like at all that night. I, I'm 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 like exhausted, and uh, but everyone has had an amazing right. amazing time. So yes, it is much. For, in that case, it's much better when someone else is cooking. Uh, I tend know. to do the especially they're eating and they're like, oh Trish, this is so good, and I'm like, oh great, that's so great, which is the best part of the meal. But then I always find myself asking 20 minutes later, was it good? Because I just want to hear it again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Was it really that good? Tell me again how great I am, please. Uh, no, I absolutely miss. Um, you're you're exactly right. There's been certain dinners over the last decade of my life that I just remember them because they were so perfect. And it wasn't necessarily that the food was amazing; everything happening around me was amazing, and it was all yeah. in sync. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, food. People say this all the time. It's like food and drink. It connects people, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and 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 it truly does. Like, I, I mean. The con that's the, what I miss, the conversations, um, the conversations that take place uh, in some amazing dining establishments and hotels and bars. Uh, I miss that because pre-pandemic, I was traveling about 150 days out of the year. And, uh, and that spontaneity of meeting someone at a bar in London or in Greece or in Amsterdam or something, and, and, then, and then having like a dinner with them. And by the way, some of these people you never talk to ever again, but like, I cherish, I cherish the moments that I had with, with, with some of these people. Like it, like, it's just, it's like a beautiful thing. You know, I don't, I believe some people are supposed to be in your life. I think some people come into your life for seasons and some people come into your life for like a day. <laughs> and those are called, I call those non-events. When you meet someone and you have this fantastic connection and you share a drink together and you're just like, oh man, it was nice to meet you, nice to meet you, and then you never talk to him again. Those are non-events. Yeah. But they're the yeah, best. Yeah. I, but, but, I, yeah, but I think it's beautiful though. I think it's beautiful. I don't, I don't think there needs to always be an expectation of, well, do we, so do we keep, like, do we do business together? Do we keep this going? <laughs> like, are we, like, what? I'm like, no, no, may, maybe we just had a great conversation and we laughed a lot and, and that's it and it's a great memory to have. Do you talk to the passenger next to you on the plane a lot? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, do, I do, although I, I've sort of, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a, you may be surprised, I'm, I'm a bit of an extrovert, uh, but. Uh, what? I, I'm, I, I'm, yeah, exactly, what? I'm, a, I'm an extrovert introvert though, because when I'm, when I've sort of hit my capacity, I go into a bit of a cocoon for, <laughs> For, for like a few days or a few hours or, you know, sometimes longer. But uh, yeah, in the la I just got back from Oaxaca. Um, I was I'm in Mexico for, for about a week and I was so exhausted on the way back, you know, had to had a layover in Mexico City and then flying back to LA that someone was actually talking to me and, and I, and I just wasn't like, I wasn't, pr I was like, listen, I'm like, I'm so tired right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even going to be able to string words together for, for you, like intelligently. Nice. So, uh, nice. I, I am that person, but, uh, sometimes I got to check out a little bit. No, I feel you. I, no, feel I feel you. Um, well, what's coming up with, uh, on the pass, anything exciting, lots of things exciting. Yeah. I mean, I listen, uh, for me, it's all, it's all exciting. Anytime I get to connect with like amazing people, it, it's, it's, it's great. You know, we've got, uh, I've got a friend that I just recorded an episode with, uh, yesterday that's coming out in, in two weeks. Uh, she focuses on the convergence of tech and food. Uh, and so she writes for the New York times and writes for Bloomberg and wired and, uh, it's an it's an interesting conversation. We bop around a lot, but obviously we're talking about alternative meats. We're talking about sort of 
you know, I, I believe it was $26 billion in 2020 in, in venture money into, into sort of ag food tech category as a category. Right. Uh, a lot right. of that is in the alternative meat space we're seeing with pea protein and with, um, you know, in with all, all the sort of plant derived, uh, you know, alter alternative meat sector, fungi and mycelium and, 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 and things like that. And so it, that's it. That was an interesting conversation. And then, um, I have, uh, uh, a gentleman who owns an iconic restaurant in, in Seattle, uh, Canlis, um, uh, one of the brothers, uh, will be on, uh, will be on the podcast as well. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, just great, just fun people. Like it, it's, uh, I'm having so much fun with it and, and, uh, I'm excited for the next, uh, the next few episodes and, and see where, where else it takes me, fun. You, you know, this, um, if we could come up with a different name for pea protein, I would be down. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's funny because, uh, the big problem that people we talked about yesterday, the big problem that people have with pea protein is, is the actual taste of, of the peas. Yeah. Um, so, and so not only the name you're, you're referring mm -hmm. to, but also mm -hmm. like the pea. I don't have an issue with like the taste of peas, but, uh, but it's something that people are trying to like engineer right now because, uh, it's a, it's a really viable, it's a great protein source, but people just don't like the taste. So, uh, right. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see what, what is happening in, in that space. And without kind of going down a complete different tangent for me, like my, my philosophy is, uh, you know, minimum, no processing at all, minim minimally processing. And so a lot of these companies are, some of them are highly processed, some of them. So I think it's interesting what's happening in the space, but I want to eat as natural, as natural, as natural as possible. But yeah. that's, that's me. I hear you. Well, we are what we eat. It's just, just it's coming out. So true. Um, I interviewed, I interviewed a guy, a local guy. He doesn't do it anymore. He sold his business, but he worked for, he was a contractor, I believe. No, maybe he did work for the forest service way back when, and they were trying to grow trees for the forest and the trees were dying. It wasn't happening. He called up a buddy, friend of his, another nerdy scientist guy, and he said, go out in the forest, pick a whole bunch of mushrooms, throw them in a blender, and then spray the soil with that mushroom margarita that you just made. And the trees magically, so. Yeah, I mean, mu mushrooms are, uh, are really hot right now. They're amazing, <laughs> they're amazing. Yeah, 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 they're, uh, I mean, there's, they've, They've survived so much in the multiple extinctions that have taken place. I think uh, Joe Rogan and Elon Musk were talking about this on on the on their podcast about how you know there's a there's few organisms that have really survived multiple different extinctions, and you know mushrooms are mushrooms are one of them. You know they've survived ice ages, they've survived the dinosaurs, they've survived they've survived you know all these different things, and so yeah, I think there's I think there's an intelligence there. Um, that we're sort of just tapping into. I mean, I think Chinese medicine has been utilizing these uh, these medicinal mushrooms for years. I don't know yet if there's that much n backage on you know everything that uh, that that they can do and, and and sort of all of the things that people say that they do. But uh, I think they're really interesting. I mean, mm -hmm. for for me, uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm I want to learn more about about mushrooms and specifically. You know, it's like you've got fruiting body, which is the mushroom, and then you've got the my mycelium, which is that those like threads that are, are sort of the neurological connectivity of the forest. They connect to the trees. They connect to different plants. Um, they're breaking down leaves and animals and decomposing things. I mean, it, it's it's fascinating. Right. It's it's really fascinating. Well, I know a guy, so I'll, I'll hook you up. There you go. All you right. Up. Yeah, please. I would would love that. He would calls himself that. a fun guy. So, I mean, it's just. There we go. Just, uh, got yeah, it. Real, real bad. <laughs> uh, we're going to wrap up and get to the final three, sir. But before we do, I have to ask you about backgammon. And what is what is your what is your obsession with backgammon? Oh, I just love backgammon. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's just part of uh, uh, it's just part of like my passion, you know, I, I, and it's part of, again, connecting with people. Mm -hmm. it, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a universal game. 
it's a game that I've traveled around the world and had, don't speak the same language as someone and they know how to play backgammon. It's one of the oldest games in, in the world. Uh, and so, you know, you know, I know, I know chess is having a renaissance right now because of the queen's gamut, but, uh, I think there, I think there needs to be a backgammon show. Uh, I'm here for it. I'm, 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 I'm happy to be a producer, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's fun. It's it's really fun, and and I love teaching people how to play play backgammon. Uh, it's something that as I talk to people, they're like, "Wow, I, I've I've always like seen this game. I've never played it before." Or or the one that I get all the time is, "Oh, my grandfather used to play. <laughs> used to play this. My grandfather used to play this." And so, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's it's fun. I I, I really I really enjoy it, and. Uh, I've even gone so far as to have I had an Instagram, you know, that I just did backgammon content for. What a uh, nerd! Like, like the fanatic and the nerd that I am. Yeah, that's amazing. I am learning how to play chess. I've never felt dumber in my life than playing chess with my husband because he's really good at it. But yeah, Queen's Gambit had everything to do with that. Brilliant. It had everything to do. With that. You you see people on Twitch. I was talking to one of my business partners the other day, and, and on Twitch, people playing playing chess right now on Twitch is like a hot thing. Like, like, I mean, everyone's, you know, it's, it's incredible what that show, you know, the, the power of culture, the power of music and the power of television, the power of content for, sure. for, for creating these, these tipping points. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating, uh, what's happening with that. One thing I'll say, the last thing I'll say about backgammon, cause I know we need to move on, but, uh, you know, ch chess is, you know, listen, like if you play a chess master, you're never going to beat them. You're, you're never going to beat them. The thing that I love about backgammon is it's a distribution of strategy and luck because of the, because of the dice. And so you can be in Monte Carlo at the backgammon world championship playing the number, the number one person. And if you're rolling right, Trish, you could potentially win that. Okay. That's, that, that's the great thing. All right, uh, um, I'm going to go get a backgammon uh, board today. There you go. On my way home, going to do it. Um, one thing I was going to say about that, when you just touched on that, the power of culture, uh, Chef's Table. You're a Chef's Table fan, right? Please tell me. Oh, about. absolutely. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I mean, I, I love what they've done. That just, I think, sparked so much for so many people as far as travel, food, um, looking into how either incredibly complex it is to cook and how ridiculously simple it is to cook yeah. good food. So that show for me was an absolute, it, it inspired me to get back in the kitchen. So, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, listen, the power of storytelling is, uh, is incredible. And, and who, you know, who knows what young kid or older person saw that content and goes, mm -hmm. I, I'm going mm -hmm. to culinary school or I'm, I'm doing this or, or, I mean, you think about, I mean, Anthony Bourdain, the, you know, the late Anthony Bourdain, his show, like he, he helped so many people discover the world. Uh, and, and it's, uh, I mean, such a loss, uh, you know, the, the, you know, for, for the whole, the whole hospitality community, but like, I mean, his show, like other people are trying to replicate in a way, like what he's done, what he did. They're just not. They're just not doing it with 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 sort of the way he did it. And uh, yeah, you know, that's what I love about food, beverage, travel is is there's a whole world out there, and uh, we may not be able to go everywhere, but uh, but we can you know maybe take a piece of it with us by having an amazing meal that's inspired by a place you know some somewhere else. For sure. Um, For so sure. yeah, it's a uh, it's a beautiful thing. All right, sir. Uh, best advice you've ever been given? Best advice? Uh, I would say uh, there's a there's a couple things. I mean, I mean, my dad always used to say, "He who hesitates loses in life," and uh, and I, you know, I I try not to ever ever hesitate. I try to kind of go from my go from my gut. But, um, I guess, you know, in, I, I'm a, I'm a deal maker. I, I negotiate deals all the time on behalf of people. And so I, I, as I was working on this deal, um, I had a, I had a, a gentleman say to me, you know, would you rather win or do you want to be right? And, uh, and I think that's sort of interesting because, you know, in a perfect world we win and we're right as well, but we live in a perfectly imperfect world. And so oftentimes when you're going back and forth, uh, with people, 
you can negotiate to a point of fatigue where both sides are stubborn and both sides want to be right. And therefore no one wins. I want to win. And I want to, I want someone and I want someone else to win as well. But you know, sometimes it's like, you know what? I don't need to be right. I just want to win. So. Okay. Hopefully Um, that makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) it does. That may be my takeaway from this, this interview. I like the, he who hesitates. That's a good one. That is good. Go with your gut, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, what's your happy place? My happy place is probably my kitchen, like like cooking, cooking in the kitchen, and then uh, traveling. Any anytime I'm traveling, anytime I'm I'm challenging myself, that's my happy place. Okay. Uh, final meal, final drink. What would that look like? Uh, honestly, like. On, 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 a, on a small island in Greece, I'll order two of everything on the menu. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that, that's probably what, I, what, I'd be inter- what I'd be interested in. But, uh, but no, seriously, uh, I, I'm really into like chimichurri right now. And so, uh, and so I'd probably roast a ton of vegetables. Um, I'd have, a, I'd have an amazing fresh salad, whatever sort of locally at that time, seasonally being grown, and then have like a, a nice small piece of like grass-fed, grass-finished meat with homemade chimichurri. Mm. It's pretty, it's pretty mm. good. It's pretty good, and a, a glass of Malbec with that would probably be nice. Yeah, honey. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah exactly. I want to come to your final meal. There you go. <laughs> uh, where can people catch On the Pass? People can catch on the pass uh, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or wherever uh, you like to you... listen to podcasts. Yeah, yes. exactly, exactly. I tried to do that voice, but uh, <laughs> you can follow us at uh, at it's on the pass, and then also at the art of plating uh, as well. Um, we post a lot there, and uh, yeah, check us out. Um, Give us give us a subscribe and uh, tell us what you think. I would also say check out Art of Plating online. The website is amazing. Definitely, amazing. definitely. Yeah, thanks thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, and you, you could we have a newsletter as well that people can uh, people can subscribe to, and we've got great tips and tricks and and uh, highlighting amazing people in the podcast, highlighting great chefs, uh, people doing great things in the food beverage hospitality community. Awesome. Well, as far as this little podcast that could, if you are listening to it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. You can also watch it at ktvl.com and on YouTube. Just search Off Script with Trish Close. One more time, Gabriel Ornelas, thank you so much. It was really nice uh, chatting with you over the last hour and getting to know you. Thanks, Trish. Pleasure's all mine.